Ladies and gentlemen, welcome out, Mr. Jason B. goodbyes to jason b a broad mind some more podcasts let's get variety 35 going um i've been trying to make this episode for at least a week and a half and it just seems like complications after complications but to my listeners thank you for stepping back into my world so what's going on um day two i recorded a little bit of something just to get back in the habit last night or yesterday um get right back into podcasting again um, I have been away and I think sometimes when you're when you're away and you're not really uh, focused on doing what you like to do sometimes you can just get a little rusty so uh, kicking off the rust and just getting right back into recording is is definitely sometimes a challenge and sometimes a great joy um, yeah I've really been mindful about what I've been actually wanting to record I have a lot of stuff in the can believe it or not but as they in the can so to speak and one of the things right now is is like trying to be mindful of what I'm saying and what I'm how I'm saying things um I've had issues with my recording equipment um getting ready to get it a better and newer microphone um when I changed some of the hardware I got me a new MacBook and just for some reason it's just not working out so I'm working on getting a brand new interface getting uh, two new microphones I'm going to spend a little bit more money um, not that that's going to make too much of a difference but I'm recording on my iPhone uh, 10x and using just the headphones that they provide and sometimes that's just the best quality sound that you can possibly get so if you're out out there in the podcasting world no you don't need to buy an expensive microphone yes it does help but as you get more into it as you're being becoming a producer and you use programs like GarageBand, Audacity, Logic X, and so on and so forth. Um, that's where you have more time to edit. We're just going to keep things basic as possible. Um, it is August 7th. I mean, this month, last month, July, went by so freaking fast, and I just can't believe how fast it's really gone. So... I've listened to quite a few different podcasts, uh, 4RG Media um, with Jojo Ray, um, Two Girls in a Book. Um, I was listening to Ali Moon and Dwan the Fried Oreo. Um, who else was I listening to? I was actually looking for Patrick from We Live on a Planet, and Patrick has not recorded in a couple of months, so I'm hoping that those of you who follow Patrick from We Live on a Planet, you know, write him a message, let him know that people care and miss him. And hopefully everything is going all right. I know he suffered a bad accident this earlier this year. And it's been probably one hell of a recovery for him. But, you know, from I'm a friend, uh, a colleague, a fellow podcaster, and an, a devoted listener to him. Um, I just want to say, Patrick, if you're listening, you are in my thoughts and prayers. And I hope that you're doing well. So what else is on the horizon? Well, I actually had to turn off you know, the news, I had to turn off radio, I had to turn off all 
external sources of media just to kind of get grounded and getting my thoughts, thought process cleared up. Um, I think that's very important when you're podcasting and especially for those of you who are beginning to get out of there in the podcasting world. Un- take your time. That's the biggest thing. Biggest thing. You know, take your time. Don't be overcritical. Just, you know, record, edit if you need to, and enjoy. That, that's simple. Um, so what else is going on? Well, um, swim se- swim club season is over with, but uh, we're back to me and my daughter, Annabella. We're back to training year-round, uh, back into the year-round competition, and it's such a thin thin, thin schedule that you really got to be constantly monitoring things. For those of you that are swim parents, um, I feel that swimming, as far as a parent is concerned, is a lot more tedious because you got to keep on top of their coaching. You got to keep on top of where their development is. Um, Also, their schedule, you know, swims, there are some swim meets that take all your whole weekend. And there are some that they just kind of, it's one day or, you know, half a day. And it really depends on the age group of your child, where they are with uh, competitive swimming in year round. Um, I say don't push them too fast, too early. Um, I didn't get my daughter started until she was eight, I believe. Eight going on nine. Um, She loves the water. Um, the water is a big part of her life. It helps calm her down. And I definitely highly encourage if you're trying to find a sport for your child that will help neutralize their high energy and promote good mental health and good um, awareness uh, function. And they're not just hyped up on devices. Um, swimming is definitely one of those sports. It's an individual sport, which... I value because they're not going to take the heat or the responsibility of when a team loses. And I see that in team sports. I played in team sports and I love it. But um, for a lot of kids, they don't know how to handle it. I mean, I think more and more every year, parents are getting more overreactive in kids' team sports as opposed to individualized sports. So uh, for those parents who are doing team sports, I my hat off to you. I definitely appreciate you. And I feel that, you know, to each their own. Everyone has their own, you know, uh, thing that they like to do. And, you know, there's goods and bads. But um, for my particular family, swimming is a big deal. Um, Bella's eventually going to be getting into water polo. um, Probably, I'm going to have to say next year. Um, She's been dabbling with it. She's still, you know, a, a young child. She doesn't know or understand a lot of things that go along with team sports. And um, water polo can be one of those more aggressive sports. So definitely uh, be careful. Um, I am going to be hopefully making a joint podcast with Maria Humphreys. We talked about it um, not long ago, probably three weeks to a month ago. We talked about it, and we were talking about making a podcast on um, being a parent coach and being involved with your child's sports. Um, I, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I haven't had much time 
and I know that I will be reaching out to her. So Maria, if you are listening, I am going to be trying to reach out to you sometime soon. I know you're a busy individual, so uh, definitely look forward to um, collaboration. So we're going to take a brief little break so I can get something to drink, drink a little bit of coffee, and I will be right back. Okay, so what is the hot topic for for life right now? Oh, since the shootings happened in the last couple of weeks um, in El Paso, in Ohio, here in California, and so on and so forth, um, the president's response has been, you know, we've really got to start getting to monitor people in World Wide Web on the internet and see if they're talking crazy, we need to investigate you um, pretty fast. Um, I think that's much more than that. My alternative theory is, I'm just going to say MK Ultra. If you don't know what that is, look it up. I feel like a lot of these shootings are a result of MK Ultra. That's just my personal opinion. I also believe it's a variety of resources um, or, re- uh, or things. Uh, I feel like kids are suffering from a, let's just say, electronic meltdown. Yes, I say electronic. Electronic impulse um, coming from a cell phone, a television, an iPad, a video game screen, so on and so forth. I do feel our kids are really um, going through a tremendous time trying to figure out not only who they are, but how to be, how to behave. Um, I, for one, as a parent, I have given off my, um, I have given electronics to my daughter. I'm not very proud of it, but um, I see the results. And I noticed the results when my daughter's mom got her a cell phone um, a couple weeks ago. And ever since then, it's like a nonstop attachment. So before I started hammering down on her, how is my behavior with these devices? You know, because, you know, what the president was saying was violent behavior you know, is a result from programming. And that has to be, it has to be true. And there's people who will counter the argument and say, how can video games really, really hurt somebody? Um, to really be honest with you, there is a variety of things that we have shown through the ages for the last 50 years of how, even as far back as I can remember in the 80s, uh, Subliminal messages in records and music have had an effect on people. Um, you know, there were company, there were companies and, and musicians and record companies at one time that had to put a warning label on their music. Parental advisory suggested, or NR17 uh, rating, um, not meant for children under the age of 17. Um, I feel like those. Um, restrictions have just kind of been ignored and I feel that we are not paying attention enough to our children and the impulses and influences on their daily their daily lives as well as ours Um, this is my personal opinion so if you're a parent and you're listening this is what I suggest to you take all devices away even including your cell phone yourself and I want you at the end of the day you know, you get home, turn your cell phone, all the devices, even the internet off. I mean, just 
just turn it completely off. That would be my first suggestion. And lock them in a drawer, you know, and just spend time once a week, do this once a week, and do it for, I'd say, the next four weeks. Now, I want you to observe the behavior of your children and yourself of what happens when you take the device away. And how long is there an irritation feel? Is, is everyone talking to the, each other? You know, or even do this, do five days a week, just lock the phones and all that stuff away during especially dinner time till bedtime. And, you know, see what happens. Observe their behaviors. You know, are you eating at the dinner table? Are you talking with each other? If you're watching television, are you jointly all deciding on what to watch? I mean, back in the day when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s and or 70s, 80s and 90s, um, we had to share a TV. I didn't have a TV in my bedroom. That's a, that's a fact. You know, uh, and I can remember back in the day um, when we were on summer break. Uh, my mom, the way we figured out our problems so no one would argue when my mom wasn't home was each of us got a day to watch whatever we want so that no one could argue, you know, and that's how it went until my mom got home and then we had to jointly decide or my mom decided what we were going to watch that night, you know, for television program. And back in those days, most of the time we didn't have cable. I don't think we got cable until I was, I'm going to say 13, 14. I think that's when it became more affordable to us and my mom was making more money. But uh, I really do feel that, you know, when you take all those devices away, you come to the dinner, people are pissed off, they're irritated because they feel detached from the world, so to speak. And even then, um, touching my phone has been like a habitual thing it's an addictive thing and I'm checking out Instagram and Pinterest and anchor and so many different avenues of social media yes even recording a podcast here on anchor can be considered social media so I started observing my behavior and I started really taking an evaluation of my time you know um, I feel that if I'm not evaluating my time, you know, correctively, um, I can let things slip past me. So with that being said, what I did was I said, okay, well, I'm not, I'm going to spend more time reading. That's the something I made. I promised myself that I was going to work on with self-development is, uh, spend more time on things that matter. You know, if you're going to waste time instead of just watching TV, might as well put it to something that can be informative, that you can find useful or work on a project, work on the house. I mean, one of the biggest complaints I always hear when I talk to different people is I never have enough time on the weekends. I can need a day off from the weekend and people feel like they can't do anything during the week because they have to go to work. They have to monitor what time they go to bed, what tasks. And it seems like by the weekend, you're trying to, you know, get your laundry and get all your yard work, whatever your necessities of life. And you're trying to fit it in all into two days because of the other previous five days that you've been working. You haven't had time to really do that. And 
I feel that there there is a way to curve that attitude. Um, I feel that um, just, I was just talking to my daughter Annabella about this. You know, she got in trouble with her mom, and she was telling me how you know, yeah, I got in trouble. I couldn't go to swim practice because my room wasn't clean. And I said, okay, so. This is what I told her. In the morning, remember how it is at my house? I have you make your bed the first thing, and then you pick up your things. We make it for the rest of the day, so by the end of the day, there's no complaining. Our room's clean. Our way is clear, and we just go and do what we got to do. And I, I talked to her in a nice, calm, and even voice, and my daughter's response is, okay, okay. And I, and I always tell her, if you're saying okay, that means you're taking the responsibility that you know it must be done. There's no no exceptions, no if ands, or buts. You're gonna do it, and you're gonna know this for the rest of your days. And know from here on out, either when I or your mom talk to you, you can't act stupid like I didn't know. It's you didn't care. And let's face it, kids, you tell them to do something. Most of the time, they're not gonna do it. I'm, or they have, they're not known to take the responsibility on themselves unless it's such a trained habit. So what you got to do is just create those habits without an aggressive attitude yourself. So if you're not doing it, your bed's not made, you're not keeping your stuff up, how do you expect your kids to, to keep up with you? You don't. And that's just the truth. And how does this relate to electronic devices? Because it's, it's responsibility um, in the long run. It's your time, your, your kid's mind, you know, and it's on your hands. Nobody else's responsibility is this. Not your parents, not your siblings, not your, your babysitter, not the teacher. Um, you know, it's your responsibility primarily. So if you're not training your kids to live life without a device, you're doing a disservice because their minds are synced to a device. Now the device is not actually so much the problem, but it's the things that go into the device and what it's designed for. It's designed for habit, let's face it. And how does this relate to the politics and what's going on in the world? Um, Okay, so I remember in high school, my pastor Mike Pedlow used to say, you know, trash in, trash out. If you're listening to trash music, you're gonna, it's gonna be trash out. And I remember saying something against him. I'm like, that's not true. That's your own responsibility. And now my thought process is here, almost 30 years later. Um, no, is it 30 years later? 33 years later. Yeah, 33 years later. I'm recanting on that decision and whatever I said in my youth because I feel if you listen to something enough, it's programmable, it's acceptable, and it's easier to perform. So anytime you practice something enough, like a craft or a job or, you know, whatever, you're doing something over and over, you become a pro. So if you become a pro, you're a program. And if you're a program, you're programmed to function and your function is to execute that action and that mindset. So how does this relate to the shootings and, and to game, video gameplay? If you're becoming numb to playing games like Call of Duty, Battlefield, for any first person shooter or Grand Theft Auto, anything committing violence, 
you are creating this synapsis in your mind that it's okay. Seeing dead bodies, seeing people mangled, mistreated, um, seeing kinds of weapons and the sounds and how realistic and the damage that it does um, becomes more and more acceptable. And kids go to school. My nephew, I remember, was it a year and a half ago? My nephew was going to school saying he wants to kill people. Now, my nephew, I think he's a little bit ADHD, but I'm not really certain. But he was saying it out of emotion. He was saying it because he wants things to stop. As I was observing him and, you know, it's like, hey, why would you say this? You know, and my nephew, I love him to death, but he didn't understand the difference of reality, you know, and fantasy. Uh, and, and like so many of us parents, and as I was a kid, I remember getting toy guns and things like that and playing war. That was, that was the norm, you know. You, I mean, my father was in the army. I thought my dad was a hero. But what video games have, have done is they've created a pathway and perception for violence to be acceptable. And so... Along with these, I believe it's one of the many reasons what's going on with these guys that committed these heinous acts, they got numb to it. They think that by doing what they did was going to stop their problems and they were going to contribute to society and making it better by going and performing their evil act that they did. That's, it's a part of the agreement. It's not the sole reason. Um, but then there also goes you know, much, much more than that. You got to understand that in our society, there's, there's indifferences that really separate us apart. You know, um, if it's not one party talking about how they've been impoverished or how they've been mistreated and disrespected and so on, or another is becoming bully. Well, what do you really do with that? Um, that's a really tough question to answer. You know, do I feel like it's society's responsibility to have to um, fix my kids' problems because they're they're being picked on? I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, I feel that that that's one of the many things that I feel as a, as a dad, it's my responsibility to pay attention to what's going on with my child what's being fed to their minds yes fed to their minds so with video games and movies and so on and so forth action movies even movies i like like for example i love john wick i love the john wick movie series a great action series you know but i absolutely hate violence you know and how can i be watching those movies and my kids are around the truth is you can't and I don't even want to take my kid kids to the movies with me when I want to watch that so I feel like I don't need to buy those movies and I don't need to subscribe to those movie movies and what I really need to do is if I want to go watch one of those movies watch it in private you know but even then um, my nature has turned away from being violent by not participating and not accepting actions in those in those video games and act in 
talking areas and politics, I feel like you just gotta really watch what your kids are being said, and especially after watching The Great Hack on Netflix on how data is worth more than oil and how we're being hacked and Facebook and Instagram and all these other social medias, they're listening to what we say on our phones. And our information is being sold to third parties. It says in their privacy uh, privacy um, acts on Facebook and Instagram and so many of this. Go look into it. Go look into your privacy settings and look at ads. And they'll say third parties. Facebook, Instagram, and third party. So they're selling it to these merchants and dealers. You know, and there's no... There's no restriction. And I feel that's an invasion of your privacy. What I like, what I follow is my business. It doesn't need to be sold to an, I don't, I don't need to be influenced. So I'm trying to keep this all in, in context. So what I'm trying to say about video games and media and influence is good or bad. When you're constantly involving an interface between you and a screen an iPad, iPhone, whatever, you are allowing programmable influence in your mental psyche. And some may be triggered to take violence to the absolute fullest measure. And some, it may not affect them initially, but it affects them in the long run. So people are becoming numb up to violence, you know, with each other. And every time I turn on the news, I'm always hearing someone got shot up, a fire, um, riot somewhere. The po- the politicians are making bad decisions. People are hating. It just becomes a cesspool of negativity. So if you don't feel that all that is really harming your child, I just say, watch the impulses and watch their actions. Because once you start taking those devices away, like I was saying in the beginning of this segment, you're going to find out that you're going to see what is really setting your kids off? I mean, anxiety and depression is at an all-time high. I mean, I think almost every person in America is suffering from it in some some form or fashion. So how do we combat it? Um, I'm thinking back like to the 1980s, you know, in the 70s when I was growing up, go outside, do stuff. You know, instead of interface time on a screen, reading books. Anyway, we're going to take a break and I'll be right back with the next uh, segment and we're going to talk more about what's what we can do. Hey, Jason, thanks for uh, talking about this subject. And I think what I was trying to say within that podcast, within this podcast, I'm sorry, is that morals is more subjective. Whereas ethics are objective, but it doesn't necessarily mean morals can't be objective and ethics can't be subjective, but the guiding principle of thought behind ethics is to clear the clutter of the subjectivity. Whereas the morals is pretty much primed in subjectivity so it's more within how one person or group of people see things whereas ethics tries to be a universal 
law of thought rather than simply what one person or 12 or 13 people may feel. But I feel we're kind of saying the same thing anyway. That was the fried Oreo, the Dewan and only. We were talking about, or his message was in reference to my response to his podcast about morality and ethics. So um, I just want to touch on a little bit on my particular podcast um, in the conversation. So in Dwan's observation, you know, he, he sees that ethics and morals are two different things. And one, they both can be subjective and they both can be objective, like he was kind of saying. In my opinion, um, the morals, they're kind of like, they, they're a building block to the ethics. Um, you, ethics can be something that can be relied on when a situation is not really clear because the feeling or the emotion, emotional value can be too high. So the ethical value is the, the equalizer, the leveler. And um, morals are people's beliefs. They're, they're, they're feelings of right and wrong. So in Duan's episode, he was using the example about murder. You know, some people may feel um, that murder is wrong and other people might feel it right, um, depending on the circumstance. But in its entirety, murder is, is wrong because the term murder is killing, you know, without justice, you know. Um, but then it also can be defined, murder can be also be defined as killing with justice. So ethics, when it applies to murder, it depends on the value of the circumstance of the audience and the environment or the region, what they deem how something like murder is applied when it comes to consequence. Now, I feel and I believe and I think, especially working in the legal industry, that no matter whether it's a government, a law enforcement, um, or just person to person vigilante, um, the justice of murder is never really justice. It's just ending somebody's life, period. Um, I don't care how you cut it, but I feel when it comes to murder, whether it's the state and the federal government doing it or a person, it's basically the same as when if somebody took somebody else's life, in essence. And the ethics of it all kind of plays, levels it all out. Ethics give an alternative directive or an alternative um, rule of conduct, you know. Um, so it, it's it's a really tough subject because ethics and morals um, are the key ingredients to what makes our society, our, our law society work, um, our justice system. And that's tough because there's always spe- there's always circumstantial evidence. Like, okay, for example, say like somebody kills somebody in defense of 
someone trying to kill them or attacking them. They 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 con- conclude it to be justifiable, but how justifiable? Did the per you know, according to the law and the courts, self defense is not as easy to prove as you might think it is. Even when there's video and justification of all the current elements, there's always a circumstance that can possibly convict somebody, you know, and say like, uh, did, uh, in one case that I've dealt with, a person had every chance to walk away or avoid the encounter with that person, but they went with the intention of expecting no attack whatsoever. Because the assailant or the person that attacked them tried to strike first and the person in defense struck back with a blow that connected and killed that person on the spot, you know, you would think it's, it's cut and dried, but it's not. So, um, ethics, I believe it helps cut through what your personal feeling or the group's feeling is. It's the standard that holds the operation at task of reason and deductive understanding so that you can get to a conclusion. You know, ethics are also the operation in which you handle things. Um, So it's kind of like a structure, but, you know, morals, they can always be defended. They can be changed at any time. It just depends on the circumstance. So I, I felt like the fried Oreos episode on moral and ethics was actually a really interesting perspective in his behalf of what he feels um, ethics and morals are and how they affect our, our society. And it's really interesting because if you really look at it, in the United States, because we are such a melting pot, our morality or moral compass, moral law, or moral values of how we handle things or what we believe in are so vastly different, you know. So um, we have the Constitution to be the leveler, and there is an an ethical value in all of it. So very interesting. Thanks, uh, Dwan, for the um, response. I totally appreciate what you produce on your, your podcast. So... Um, yeah, you know, just like think about it, like what you may value, what you feel is important, what you may think of American ways could be counterproductive in society, you know, and I've seen it time and time again. So anyhow, um, I'm going to cut off this episode from here because there's some, just some other stuff I'd like to make. And I feel that variety episode 35 has reached its time limit and we're going to go on to the next podcast another time. So thanks for listening. Look forward to all your feedback.